Well, last week we spent some time celebrating our 50th anniversary here in this location. Uh, it was a great morning to be able to talk about the mission of God and the mission of Montgomery and the future of Montgomery. And so uh, if you were not here last Sunday, I want to encourage you to, to make sure to pick up one of these histories uh, that was put together. Uh, there's a history as well as a, a statement about looking forward and uh, some of the things that are coming up. So, so make sure you get one of these and read through this. If you don't have one of these, uh, they're on the table out in the foyer uh, and it's, it's a good review of the history, uh, but also a, an opportunity for us to think about what the next 50 years could look like here at Montgomery. So, so please uh, go and look at that. Uh, you can also go to the website and watch or listen to that message. Uh, that would be a good opportunity for you to kind of hear what was going on last week. So, so please take some time to, to catch up from last week and, and do that. Um, Back when I was uh, in fifth grade, my family went on a road trip with my grandparents, a uh, camp trailer in tow, uh, and uh, went across the country to Florida and stopped at a variety of places along the way, uh, ultimate destination being uh, Disney World, uh, but lots of fun spots in between. And so we would, we would drive a ways and then stay at a campground and do the touristy things in that area, then we'd load up and go to the next place, and, and so we'd do that for a week and then and spent a week in Florida and then a week back. Uh, and so we got to see lots of interesting things uh, over the course of those three weeks. Uh, one of the things that we got to go do was uh, go to uh, Hot Springs, Arkansas. And uh, in Hot Springs, Arkansas, we, we got to uh, stay at a campground and we went for a hike over the hill to go into town. And uh, in town, we got to do all the touristy things that you do in Hot Springs, which is like, look at the street and look at this old building and then go back. And so, so you know, we did those things. And, and so we decided it was time to head back to the campground. And uh, unfortunately, it was getting dark a little bit quicker than we had anticipated. And so we get to the trailhead and it is now dark and we look into this, and this is fifth grade perspective, of course, uh, we, get, we get to this looming dark forest, and the trail, we can see the start of the trail, but we can't see any further down the path. There, there is no getting down this pathway to get back to the campsite. We are now stuck. And in the fifth grader's mind, this is like the end of the world. We are going to die of starvation or be eaten by wild animals. This is the end of everything, right? We can't get back to camp. And so my dad is looking, trying to find out, figure out where this trail is, and there is just, there's no light. There is no navigating this trail. We did not come prepared with flashlights. We don't have enough moonlight. Uh, it is a very dark, scary forest, and so we're not going to be able to make it through. So, so we end up going along the highway and following the lights along the highway and taking the long way around and finally get back to camp, and we survived to tell about it. Um, we did not starve and we did not uh, get eaten by animals, uh, but we did make it back to camp. Um, the darkness was overwhelming. There, there was no getting through that. We needed light to find our way. We needed the light to be able to find our way back. The last several weeks we've been talking about the mission of God and and how we are called into that mission and, and how his mission redefines who we are as a people. And even though we're starting in on a new series focusing in on Advent, I want us to hold on to that idea that we are a different kind of people. 
We are a covenant people who, who gain our identity from the Father. We are a kingdom people because we are empowered with the authority of the King. We're gospel people who are redeemed by Jesus. We are a called people compelled to follow Jesus. And we are a sent people going and making disciples. This is who we are as a people. And this is modeled to us by Jesus. Jesus is sent by God into the darkness of the world. And that's what this Advent season is about, is, is to celebrate the coming of Jesus. We spend the next four weeks leading up to Christmas as a reminder of Jesus coming in the flesh, Jesus coming to be here with us and for us. And so if a missionary is someone who is sent to do the work of God, in many ways, God himself, through the sending of his son, means that he is a missionary God. That he has a purpose and he has a mission and he goes to a place. He is sent on mission. And so we're going to continue this, this theme of, of being on mission even as we go through this season of Advent. That as we look at who Jesus is and we reflect on why he came and, and, and just reflect on the story of his coming, we see the great mission, the great story of God coming to be here with us. And so we'll be exploring that over the next several weeks. Today we're going to be looking at someone who, who came long before the birth of Jesus, long before that, that birth in Bethlehem. We're going to be looking at the prophet Isaiah, who had a lot to say about the coming of Jesus, long before it ever happened. And so the prophet Isaiah preaches in a really dark time. He preaches in, in a time of evil, a time of hopelessness. And so Christmas comes to counter the darkness as we anticipate the lights and the decoration and the joy, it comes to remind us of the, the light of hope that overpowers evil. The arrival of the Christ penetrates through the darkness, through the gloom, and replaces it with a light of joy. And so with the coming of the light, we say and sing joy to the world. Isaiah declares Christ's light, giving hope to a people in a very dark place. Let's read Isaiah chapter 9, starting in verse 1. Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the future, he will honor Galilee and the nations by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, to, will be fuel for the fire. For to us, a child is born. 
To us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. For the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with, right, with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. And so there is great imagery here of, of a time that is very dark, but in that darkness, great light breaks through and there is great hope that is found. We celebrate the coming of Christ. We, we take hope from the words of Isaiah. We, we look at these words here and, and as, as we read through and see the imagery of, of wars and battles and distress and gloom, can we find the parallels here in the world today? Can we look around us and think maybe this is a dark time similar to what Isaiah spoke to? But in the same way that Isaiah reassures the people then, he reassures us now that, that even in the midst of that distress, even in the midst of that gloom, there are promises being made. There's hope to be found. And there's a few here that we can, we can hold on to as we go into this Christmas season as we think about what it means to have Jesus coming to be with us. And the first thing we see is that the light overshadows the darkness. That where there is a dark place, light comes in and overtakes it. Isaiah was preaching in a time of gloom, a time of darkness, and, and there were false prophets, and there was sin, and there was this downward spiral of immor immorality. It had led to dark times. The newspaper was not very positive. The news channels were not telling good stories. The social media feeds were full of negativity. It was not a good time. It was a dark time. And so Isaiah points the people not to the darkness, but he points to God's light that would come to the people. And yes, Isaiah was rebuking God's people for their lack of faith and for their sin, but in a time of darkness and, and, and faithlessness and hopelessness, Isaiah proclaimed the hope of God's light. And so like us trying to find our way in that dark wooded path, people today are searching for something. They are in this dark land looking for the light. They search for hope in the middle of financial struggle. They, they search for hope in the midst of personal despair, in the midst of family tragedy. Where will they find the light? Where will they find the light in the darkness that's all around them? Isaiah brings that hope in the good news of Jesus. The people who have walked in darkness, they now have a great light. The darkness overshadows that light. And so where do we see the light overcoming the darkness today? Is there darkness today? Do we see this? We see the, the promised light that can overshadow world conflict. We see, we see conflicts in the world through, through wars, through terrorism, through poverty, through slavery, all creating a dark environment it's difficult to see through. It's a world full of chaos. 
but we're promised a light that can break through, a light that can overshadow the darkness of the world conflict. We're promised light that overshadows national unrest. We're, we're headed into a presidential election year, and so we are full of polarized politics and all the messages and all the rhetoric that comes attached to that. And in the midst of that, we have racial tensions. In the midst of that, we have social unrest. We have all of this internal struggle that's going on nationally. And so we long for better days. We long for a time of peace. The light overshadows that. But we're also promised light overshadowing our personal sin, that, that we ourselves get ourselves into places that are dark because of the sin, because we turn away from God and we, we work against what he has designed for us. And so sin keeps us in dark places. But we're promised that the light can overshadow or overtake that. In the midst of darkness, Isaiah proclaims the good news that those who are dwelling in the shadows, those who are there, a light will come. John chapter 1 talks about the light coming. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The darkness does not overcome the light. The light overcomes the darkness. And in Jesus, we have this promise that the light will overcome. Jesus comes as a missionary, and he overpowers the darkness of the world. Jesus has a heart that overpowers the darkness of the world among the nations and in, the own, in our own human heart. Light overshadows darkness. And so we sing and we celebrate and we say joy to the world. But we also see in Isaiah gladness overtaking sorrow. We've got light overshadowing the darkness. We have gladness taking over the sorrow. In Isaiah 9.1, he uses words like gloom and distress. It's a dark place. And Isaiah's message is simple. He's, he's saying that the gloom and distress, they do not have to stay. That's not the way God designed it to be. That is not the reality for those that follow him. God comes in great splendor and in great simplicity in the form and the person of Jesus. And that takes away the sorrow, that takes away the gloom, that takes away the injustice. And so Isaiah speaks of gladness, not of sorrow. Paul describes it in, in Philippians this way, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. He's saying celebrate. There's joy to be found. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. We know very, very well from, from the stories of Jesus coming as a baby that the Lord comes near. The Lord comes near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And so the Lord comes near. 
We don't have to be anxious about anything. We don't have to be worried about anything because God is present. God comes to be near with us. And he will give us a peace that goes beyond all understanding. A peace that we cannot comprehend. A peace that we cannot even describe. He comes in and gives us that. And we take great joy in that. We say rejoice in the Lord. Take joy in the Lord. And this is the joy that comes to the world. Gladness is brought in by God to brighten a dim spirit. Jesus comes and warms the heart with a new spirit that when we are feeling down, when we are feeling that gloom and despair, we experience joy and fullness because of Jesus. A new brightened spirit comes. He comes and connects us with the heart of God, the heart that loves and cares for all of us. God has a missionary heart, one that sends his son to us. It's a heart that has a burden for those who are in gloom and oppression. And God takes away from our gloom and he replaces it with gladness. And then he sends us into the world to be a missionary people that shine his light. The gladness also comes in and, and creates a spirit of jubilee. And in verse 3 and 4 of, of Isaiah 9, it talks about the harvest. The harvest is this celebration of ju- jubilee. It was a celebration of God's people being freed from bondage. And so Isaiah speaks about this time where they reflect the light that restores a weary spirit, a light that brings relief, and a light... Christ, which causes a celebration, that we are freed from something, that we're no longer in bondage, and so we enter into a time of celebration. And so we celebrate this Christmas season, this Advent season, with celebration because of the light of Jesus coming in. And so God's missionary heart comes to us and inspires joy and inspires gladness and overtakes that sorrow. And hope brightens the spirit of the people and lifts up our spirits. It pushes aside the darkness and despair and sorrow gives in and surrenders to the greatness of Christ's joy. We also have the hope here in Isaiah of victory, overwhelming defeat. Victory overwhelms defeat. We're not a defeated people. We are a victorious people. And Isaiah speaks of a light and a hope that not only brings an end to the gloom and despair, but it also brings transformation and it brings victory. Isaiah looked to a day when God's people would be victorious, when God's people would step out of the darkness of despair and gloom. He longed for, people's, for God's people to return to him. And he had hope in the very depths of his soul for a victory for God's people. And so do we have this victory? Do we have the victory? Do we share that victory with others? Do we shine God's light? What does the light of God's victory do for the world? What does that victory do for the nations, for the the people who serve Jesus? 
As a victorious people, we have burdens that are lifted. We are a transformed people who, who no longer have to carry the weight. We're people who have found Jesus. We're people who have found new life, who have found new joy. Our lives should be completely different because the burdens are lifted because we are not a defeated people. We're a victorious people. And so do, our, do we reflect that? Do our lives reflect lives of victory? Or are they lives of defeat? With victory, oppression is removed. And so the bondage of sin, the bondage of pain, the bondage of the past are all removed by Jesus. And Jesus gives freedom from the oppression so that, that people can move forward. And so what great hope is found in this? In the message that says victory overwhelms defeat. That says we are not a defeated people. We are a victorious people. What great hope is found in that. Viktor Frankl, uh, in his book, Man's Search for Meaning, tells a, a story of his days in World War II in a death camp and in prison. He writes, The person who lost his faith in the future, his future was doomed. And so he talks about how those who had hope increased their chances of survival. The hope of seeing a loved one, the hope of of one of, of a dream that they possessed, the hope that they had, that they would survive. And that hope is what would carry them on and would increase their chance of survival. And so as Christ followers, we are a people of hope. We're a people who, who look to a future day, a better day, and this hope that we have in Jesus coming in the form of a small baby. So fragile, so simple, so insignificant. Our hope rests there. In verse 9 of Isaiah, chapter 9, he says, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness... A light has dawned. And so the core of God's missionary heart sees a people who are walking in darkness. They're walking in darkness. And he sends a great light to fill that darkness, to overcome that darkness. Christ's light secures the future by faith. His light penetrates into the darkness. He pushes aside gloom and despair. He, his light supplies hope today and tomorrow. His light brings joy. The joy is Christ. And so we say joy to the world. We celebrate that this season. On another family trip, we went to a Carlsbad Caverns. And you go into Carlsbad Caverns and you go deep into the ground where no natural light exists. No natural light can reach it. And there are lots of installed lights along the paths to keep you on the right path. 
There are, are lights that are installed to accent the different formations so you can see these things that, that without this light you would never be able to see. And then you go down in there and they turn off the lights and you get to experience what real darkness is like. No artificial light seeping in, no moonlight, no starlight, no cracks under the doors, no glowing electronics, complete and total darkness. And the only way out is to follow the light. And so we follow the light this Christmas season. God's missionary heart shines his light to invite us to keep our, our eyes on Jesus. We keep our eyes on Jesus. We follow his heart. And it pulls us out of the darkness. And so this Advent season, keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on the light who brings hope, who brings joy to the world. We don't focus on the commercialism. We don't focus on the ads. We don't focus on the shopping. We don't fo focus on the parties and the hustle and bustle. We focus in on the light of Jesus. Let's be standing together. We're going to spend some time in prayer together. We'll have uh, the, the shepherds, if you can go ahead and be coming down front, we'll have shepherds down front. Uh, this is a chance for you to, to pray with one another and for one another. Uh, maybe there is an area of your life where there is gloom and despair right now. And you need to surrender that to the light of Jesus. And we want to pray with you for that. So if, if there's any need that you have, if it is, if it is illness, if it's uh, family problems, if it's employment problems, if there's any part of your life that, that is gloomy, any part of your life that is, is not filled with joy, let's surrender that to God this morning. Find somebody to pray with, whether it's someone down front or or someone you know across the, the aisles. Uh, this is a time for us to pray with one another and for one another. Uh, many of us know situations that other people are in. And take this as an opportunity to go to them and say, how can I pray for you? How can I pray for you in this season? As we celebrate the joy of the world, the realities of our everyday lives don't always match what we hope for. And so we need to surrender that to God today as we say joy, joy to the world. The Lord has come. Let's pray together. God, we thank you so much for the gift of your son Jesus. We celebrate him this season. We celebrate him this Sunday. We, we celebrate him in this moment. God, we pray that we will find the joy and the peace that come from knowing that your light invades the darkness of this world through the coming of Jesus. God, make that reality known to us in the very depths of our heart. As we celebrate you, we thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's pray together.